Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for August 11th, 2019. Uh, 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 we're bro- broadcasting not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Yay. Indiana. And uh, we are uh, still going on. Uh, uh, we're on proper, what is this? Proper 14. <clears throat> and uh, For those of you keeping score at home? Yes. Yes. Which is... Roughly five points, I think. I think so. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it thanks. is a single with an error. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for uh, joining with us today. Um, I'm going to I'm going to change a, one thing about the podcast. Uh, those those of you who have listened for a little while might be shocked to learn that our uh, our sponsors haven't really been bringing in very much money. Um, <laughs> So despite um, their facetious products, yes, yes. Despite all these fantastic products that we've been putting out, uh, just you know, it just has not been working. So, um, is it because of the tariffs? It, 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 that's it. That's really what it is. It's uh, you know, maybe maybe later when the economy is a little bit better, we'll try it again. But uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, what I want to do instead is I'm going to do kind of like a version of like Trump the pre uh, uh, stump stump is what I meant to say stump the stump the priest. And uh, um, there is a fun little uh, website. Actually, uh, the EpiscopalChurch.org is a is a fantastic resource resource for uh, everything Episcopal. Uh, but in there, it also includes a a very sizable Episcopalian dictionary. So I'm just going Uh-oh. to pick. <laughs> I'm going to pick a word out the dictionary and see if Father Bruce uh, knows what it is. And some will be for the little... first time ever. I'm nervous on the podcast. <laughs> Really? Including like when we start every time? <laughs> what is he going to say? What's he going to do? Are you sure? This is the first time you're nervous? Well, then my soul leaves my body. It comes back. Right <laughs> but this way, uh, we get to test your knowledge and see mm-hmm. if you're as knowledgeable as you as we all think you are. But you do are. have the answer, right? I do have the oh, answer. Oh, good. So if I start to mislead the exactly. two people listening, you'll yes, get us back. Yes, okay. exactly right. Exactly right. right. Uh, but uh, but as always, if, if you have any uh, questions or want any more information uh, about uh, these words or anything that we talk about in the podcast, podcast, you are more than welcome to uh, send us an email at shortcut at hfec.org. Uh, but today's word is incardination. I-N-C-A-R-D-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Incardination. Whoa, that's so close to a couple other theological terms. Okay, I'm... It is not incarceration. I'll go ahead and, and give you that and freebie. And it's not incarnation. It is not incarnation, no. <clears throat> okay, for the sake of time, I'll say, I am stumped. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I think the key there would, would, would be knowing that the card is probably uh, coming from a Catholic background. So uh, heart? Uh, uh, dealing with cardinals. So, uh, the formal acceptance of a member of the clergy by the ecclesiastical authority of a new diocesan jurisdiction. So, it's the transfer. uh, In the Episcopal Church, such transfers of clergy from jurisdiction to jurisdiction are governed by the canon concerning letters uh, demissory. That Um, that I know all about from my old job. Yeah. Yeah. So, incardination is basically the transfer from uh, uh, the formal acceptance of. A clergy member from one ecclesiastical authoritarian jurisdiction to another. I'm I'm really surprised I didn't know that term because I was 
I had a hand in that when I was on the diocesan staff of that process. Yeah. And the bishop never used that term with me, so just as well she didn't. Oh, <laughs> did you just throw the bishop under the bus for no. you not knowing that term? <laughs> no, I'm being grateful that she didn't pull that one on me. I'd be, yeah, I'll, just, I'll just, incarnate <laughs> them. We need to go through the incarnation process, Bruce, if you could just do yeah. that. Sure. sure. That. Yeah. And so I'm making people saints or something. Definitely. Yeah. How do you spell that again? <laughs> well, okay. That's yeah. a term I'll probably never use again. But never. It's kind of fun to know. There, there. The, the, I love this website, but there are. It's chock full of words that you will never use again uh, in, in the rest of your life. I, I do have uh, two different printed versions of that yeah, dictionary. Really. Yeah. And so I'm familiar with this game, and I didn't think I'd lose it so quickly. <laughs> I look forward to next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was fun. So incarnation is the word of the day. Uh, don't be shocked that it's not in uh, any of the uh, readings. Basically, it's the the quick the quick definition is it's how a priest or deacon or bishop transfers from yeah. one region to another, but specifically around the accept, acceptance uh, uh, well, portion of it. That's yeah, what has yeah. to be. That, yeah, that, that's the key part of the process. Yes. Yeah, I guess they don't transfer if they don't accept. So right, <laughs> I guess that does go hand in hand, doesn't it? Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Uh, well, let's move on to uh, the reading for today. Uh, the readings plural. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one is in Genesis chapter fifteen, one through six. This is a, I'm noticing a little bit of a theme uh, behind the scenes here. You guys don't get it really a chance to see this unless you're on uh, one of the lectionary websites. But we, we're we're going through like a, a long series of Sundays where you can kind of pick and choose. Uh, you have a little bit of flexibility over over uh, what the readings are, the, at least the first reading in the psalm. Uh, so uh, apologies to Isaiah. Uh, we're not we're doing the Isaiah reading. We're doing the Genesis reading and going that way. Uh, it reads, it's chapter 15, verses 1 through 6, and it reads, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me, for I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abraham's, Abram said, got to get that right, he's not right. Abraham yet, you have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue will be your heir. He brought him outside and said, look toward the heaven and count the stars. If you are able to count them, then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. So <clears throat> this story is, uh, uh, we, we do delve into this story periodically throughout the, throughout the year. Uh, it's Abram and Sarai, uh, if that's how you say it. Um, you can still just say Sarah, it's just really in English it's spelling changes. Right, 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 right. Uh, um, and then after after the promise is fulfilled, that's when he becomes Abraham mm -hmm. and Sarah. Um, yeah, the full covenant comes into effect. Um, the uh, the slave uh, uh, that was uh, uh, that is referenced here is uh, Hagar, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, this is this is uh, Hagar and Ishmael uh, end up being right. uh, the firstborn but not heir to the kingdom uh and before you think that's a you know you go thinking that's a, a terribly raw deal i believe in it, later in in some of the verses it talks that uh, that descendant line also will be 
uh, very, blessed. very blessed, yeah. very, very great. And uh, is that that ends up being uh, the the within the Muslim the, tradition? Yeah. yeah, they they claim that as the lineage that leads into their people. Um, right. And we're fine with that. <laughs> right. So this is the fork in the road. Uh, uh, to between, a degree, yeah. Be, between the, the, the two religions, in a way. In a way. Uh, but it's also, I'll just throw some more as an aside, that um, th within Islam, there's a huge amount of respect for Jesus, for Mary, Jesus' mother. and um, mm -hmm. So it's it's not a... From now on, everything's different. Right. It's it's not a full separation of not of, at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this uh, the, like I said, we know that this promise does become true. What is what is why is this section of the reading uh, 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 paired for this week? Like what 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 should we extract from from this reading um, to apply to God's provision that God will provide? Okay, and. It's a, a theme that's running through the major section of Luke that we're, we're reading over about a month's span of Sundays, four weeks, that God will provide even as humans are full of anxiety about whether or not God will provide. Mm -hmm. And so this is part of that, that even Abram had to have, uh, had to have faith that God was provide, but also... <coughs> The other dimension here that's interesting is that in the vision that Abram's having with the Lord, there gets to be a discussion about it. Right. That it's not just God saying, shut up, have faith. Right. right. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, I think, particularly for Christians, more than Jews, for Christians, they think that's what the conversation is supposed to look like. That if we're ever lacking faith, it's our fault. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we should just shut up and be quiet until we get faith again. Which is odd, considering most of the encounters with God involve people uh, uh, initially doubting, initially trying to uh, uh, work their way out of of, right. uh, of a request or a promise. Um, uh, you think of you know uh, you know Moses, Moses and the burning bush to like just. Constantly, like, hey, but what about this? But yeah. What about that? Why do you be better at this? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, very, I can't even really think of an example where it does end up working that way of like God coming to the person going, You're going to do this. Okay. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Yeah. Where thy will be done. Yeah. I mean, in the Garden of Gethsemane, there was uh, the request by Jesus if this cup can pass by. Right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, it. it Jesus was willing to accept God's response extremely quickly. And we don't hear what God's response is mm -hmm. in terms of we don't get to hear that part of the dialogue is in the Hebrew scripture readings over and over and over where you get to hear both sides of the conversation. But it definitely the, the, human, the model for humans is we get to talk about this with God. Yeah. And, um, you know, even stamp our feet a little bit and have our little human hissy fits and God doesn't walk away saying, well, I'll talk when you're calmer. <laughs> <laughs> you calm down and I'll come back. Yeah. And, but instead <laughs> hangs in there with us yeah. and says, no, really, this is the best thing. And mm -hmm. 
this is this is what will make the world a better place. This is what will make your life more fulfilling. Yeah. And of course, if this is taking a step further with this concept, is we don't know how many bazillions of people who would have been major uh, people in the scriptures if they had said yes. Mm. I mean, who we the people who participated with God are the ones we remember and we get to hear the account of how that went and all, our presumption has to be, really, that there were at least that many people who first said no. That's a good point. And God, God would have loved you anyway. I'll have to move on. Right. And, oh, Moses, let's try you. Right. That's an interesting point because, yeah, those those rarely do get recorded. You know, God came to, you know, Pete, and Pete yeah. said, pass. <laughs> yeah. No, really, I'm serious. No, no, I'm good. Right. All right, all right. Peace be with you. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, you know, our theology is that's how it would have worked. Mm -hmm. And that's how it still works today. Mm -hmm. That we're not thrown out to the outer darkness if we say no. And God will probably come back with a plan B for our life. Mm -hmm. um, and C, B, E, F, and on and on and on. Right. Um, but in Scripture, fortunately, we do have many, many times of the the convincing almost that the folks, the humans had to go through before saying yes to God's dream. Right. No, that's a, that's a very interesting thought. That's a, huh. yeah, one wonders. Yeah. One, one wonders. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, that's again, my um, tongue in cheek, but somewhat serious vision of heaven is, you know, getting to meet some people maybe who said no. Right. And so, so how'd that go for you? <laughs> It's not quite right. Yeah. Didn't quite fit. <laughs> I have done that. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I, I, that's the real realization. Yeah. It's like, nah, I've well, done I mean, that before. Everyone, well, everyone has said no at some point. Yeah. Sometimes I'm even realizing what they're, who they're saying no to. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if there'll be someone say, yeah, I, I could have built that arc, but. Right. You know, I, I need to do some other things. So, or know. like a heavenly record that you could look up and be yeah. like, "Wait, that was you? Yeah, <laughs> that was your plan." That... Ah, shoot! <laughs> How many of these are there? Oh my gosh, there's pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, anything else from Genesis? This is probably sufficient for the day. Fantastic. Well, then we will move on to Hebrews chapter eleven. Verse 1 through 3, 8 through 16. And that reads, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received power for, of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered himself faithful, who had promised. But he considered him, yeah, because he considered him faithful, who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, 
as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on, earth, on the earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they, des they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. Obviously, a direct tie back to the Genesis reading. Right. Um, <clears throat> the... What what I what struck me initially was uh, the 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 part about like him looking for a city that has foundations whose architect and builder is God um, reminds me a lot of the misconception by apostles uh, and, and people of Jesus' time and the kingdom of God promise that that was relating to him and and, and them thinking right. that there was going to be a physical nation mm -hmm. and and. And really, really soon. <clears throat> really, really soon. Um, and so, for me, the, like a lot of this seems to like kind of begin to address that. And maybe the timing of the writing here in Hebrews is 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 key. But mm -hmm. beginning to address um, perhaps those same perceived failures of like, oh, the kingdom of God is not here, right? And it's not going to happen. And all of everything that was promised is not really gonna is, is gonna come to fruition uh and this writing is kind of saying like no 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 this has happened before it's not what you think it's not yeah. the way you think that it should go and it also might not be in your timeline it's it's it, it still is going to be made uh whole in future generations is that kind of the the, the thrust of this uh pretty this yeah. piece yeah that's a pretty good summary both of this section in the entire letter to the Hebrews, it's a work that's one of the youngest, so to speak, in the New Testament, therefore in the Bible, um, written well after the time of Paul's death, well after being decades, not centuries. Right, right, right. Um, and the context of the entire letter, it, it seems like the author is very concerned about members of the Christian community who are beginning to leave the community because the second coming has not occurred. Right. Yeah. So that, that theme resonates through all the chapters of Hebrews and really it's um, many scholars describe it as a sermon more than a letter. Hmm. And so it may have been and with a very sophisticated, skilled and beautiful Greek uh, writing. And so it may have been very carefully composed to be a piece that could be read in various churches, various local communities who were dealing with the disappointment of the second coming not yet occurring. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's written well enough and with enough care that it could be used, it could be referred to over and over and over and over. Right. As opposed to a lot of Paul's writings, which are at times so focused on the on a single event or conditions within a given community given uh, congregation that's a stretch to apply it elsewhere hmm. this hebrews doesn't have many irrelevant points for any christian today yeah yeah i was just i was just sitting here thinking because the uh, the other 
way to 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 phrase maybe the thrust of this uh, of this passage or this argument that the, the the author is creating is faith without uh, promises being fulfilled is not empty. Like right. the 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 just because you don't see. Uh, a, a promise fulfilled even in your lifetime does not mean that it was all for naught or a lie or exactly. a failure of some of some kind that um, and we can't expect every prophecy to be fulfilled within our lifetime right that we may some you know, we may be gifted with a prophecy about something that's still centuries away from fulfillment right and Part of certainly part of Christian theology is that there are all sorts of prophecies in the Scripture that haven't come close to fulfillment, and therefore we have to take the perspective of Hebrews that we should not certainly should not expect them to be fulfilled in mm -hmm. our lifetime, and should not base our faith on seeing prophecies fulfilled. So that that's a road that's just filled with way too many landmines. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it really, if, if it did work that way, it would, that's very, that's a very self-centered right. approach. A very I mean, selfish faith. Which is, which would then, uh, and we've talked, we've kind of built up this, this discussion over, over, uh, uh, episodes past, but is, is definitely not the direction that, um, we've all been going which is you know this is we, we keep trying to put this in into a box and, and be exclusive not inclusive right. and you know these types of things you know faith leading to promises is very uh, uh borderless in, and really does so if it worked the opposite way of like oh that this is yeah your personal fulfillment of uh, of this this promise or this this prophecy or this you know would be very exclusive because mm -hmm. then that's a very Oh, it's no, it's really just about you. You know, of yeah. course, you know, this is <laughs> I can't think of who who I first heard it from. So this is taking an idea of someone else created that I don't remember. But it was that's been called um gumball machine faith. Mm. Where you put your penny in, you turn the crank, and you get <clears throat> what you paid for. Right. And yeah, that if if that if you see God as being just a gumball machine where you get goodies out of it then that's an extremely, at best, shallow faith and not completely false. Yeah. And that instead, Hebrews and so many other scriptures and great teachers since push us towards a much more open and um, open-ended way of experiencing God, that we have as few expectations as we humanly possibly can manage. Mm -hmm. And... The fewer expectations we have, the more accurate our experience of God will be. Because hmm. God then has a blank canvas upon which to be revealed, yeah. rather than having to work around our expectations. Yeah, that really that really only allows then a promise to be fulfilled in a very specific way as you define it. Right. And yeah, that's... and we literally won't see the other ways it's being fulfilled. Right. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah. Hebrews is awesome that way. Anything else about the... That's good enough for today. Keep moving on. Luke chapter 12, verse 32 to 40. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, 
an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moths destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may be open so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he tr comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Um, so this is, generally speaking, I feel like this this passage is often used, is, is very much used for the second coming mm -hmm. uh, uh, discussion. But um, is that, is that, if I feel like there's other tones to this that are kind of like fall outside of that, that, uh, that specific com uh, discussion. Yeah. Um, besides the second coming, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, keep your, uh, keep your lamps uh, trimmed and burning that, that concept, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and for the coming of uh, the second coming of Christ, what, what what's the, what's the, uh, What's the other uh, uh, way to look at this passage? That within our day-to-day -day lives, there'll be opportunity to do God's will that if we aren't ready for it, we'll miss. Mm, okay. So make sure that we're keeping our prayer lives active and that we're listening to God, that we're um, following the clues and that we receive from God and the direction, however we receive it, uh, so that the preparations God is trying to get us to take to be ready for ministry are being successfully completed mm -hmm. so that we then have the resources to do whatever it is God needs us to do. So you know, a very simple example is um, we might be grocery shopping and we suddenly get to sort of this sense that I should buy more milk. And I buy more milk and I go home and I get a call from my neighbor saying, I'm out of milk. My kids are thirsty. Do you have any extra milk? Mm. And say, oh, I happen to have that. Right. Here you go. And we might think that's a coincidence, but that also could have been God whispering in our ear, there's someone in need. And if you keep your lamp lit, you'll get to fulfill that need. Right. Um, and obviously, there are much more dramatic examples of people who uh, gain skills, doctors or whatever it might be, who get to really change hundreds of lives by the skills they develop uh, and the opportunities that they encounter, all of which is part of God's dream that that person will change the world for the better. Hmm. I like the imagery. Uh, at, 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 Earlier on in the in the uh, the, the reading here, uh, sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven. So this is kind of a commentary of like we're talking about. This is almost kind of like a reminder of like everything we're talking about here is a metaphor. So right, <laughs> prepare right. yourself for that. But you know, 
having purses that do not uh, wear out. Uh, anybody who had a purse and actually continued to put money in and take money out, it would eventually wear out. Yeah. So the point being like, set that aside. Mm-hmm. These are different uh, different things that you're going to store in this in this purse and build yourself right. for a different a different way of thinking. Yeah, it's a whole yeah, it's a whole different way of thinking about the world around us and our place in it. Mm. And just to state the obvious, men and women both had purses. This is not just referring yes, to yes, yes. This is not a shoulder purse or a right. clutch or a this is a this is a coin purse. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So people who had any money would have a coin purse. Right, right. Hmm. Since they didn't have socks to keep it in. Right, and 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 uh, and, and it's kind of driven home there. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Obviously, yeah. that you know, thievery was still has has always been a thing, and and moths eat the cloth or, or yeah, whatever. And wool was a very common form of cloth, so yeah. that would have been a oh yeah, we we were constantly worrying about our blankets and tunics that are made of wool. Right. And, oh, okay. That so they're not talking about what's laying on our mattress and what's wrapped around our shoulder. Right. Uh, verse 34 is used quite a lot in lots of different yeah. sermons. Uh, but for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. A comment on um, uh, what you value in life uh, uh, will be what you gravitate around. You know what right. I mean? Like where, where, where you, so a comment that you need to put stock in the things that really matter because yeah. what you think about and what you care about is what you live and end up living for in this life. Yeah. To quote the old computer saying garbage in garbage out. Right. That if we concern ourselves with terrible things in life, then we'll begin to very quickly lose sight of the beauty and wonder of life. Mm-hmm. Anything Anything more from Luke here? Any, anything that won't spoil your sermon? <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, it, it, yeah, I, I haven't thought about the sermon yet, so maybe it will. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess um, it, verse 34 and 35 together are the, mm-hmm. the keys of where your treasures, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action. Right. Um, that too often in... in any spiritual tradition, including Christianity, we get so wrapped up in the theology and um, personal spirituality that we forget the action dimension of mm-hmm. living out our faith. Yeah, living out the love that God has given us and given us to share. Uh, so, part of it is leaving time in our busy lives to be active Christians. To mm-hmm. not so overschedule ourselves that we don't have, literally don't have time to respond to a call from God to help someone. Yeah. Uh, to you know, spend an uh, unexpected hour with someone who's in need because we have scheduled ourselves to the minute. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that I've learned as a, as a priest when at first I thought, well, to be organized, I need to have my entire day scheduled very carefully so I accomplish lots of things and Mm. don't waste a single minute and found that within a very short time that whole schedule would be thrown out of whack unless I literally kept my office door locked. Right. And now we're in an era beyond offices. So um, all the more we have to be 
open to the chaos of life and the unexpected interruptions, which often are opportunities to share the love of God. Yeah, what's the uh, what's the phrase? I think it was came from a boxer. Uh, a plan is great until until you get punched in the face. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, you know, the end of thirty five also says, "And have your lamps lit." Mm-hmm. So not just be dressed for action, but be able to see where the need is and be seen and be seen and yeah, and be 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 open for business. Yeah. Be the, be the beacon uh, of light for, for, for God. So, because, yeah, because the context of the lamps lit is the person waiting for the mass to return from the wedding banquet. So this is right. the person holding the lamp to show where the gate is to come through right. for the master. Right. And so, yeah, you're right. It's not just being it's a ready for action, yeah. but also letting people know you're available for action. Right. Yeah. You're, you are there to help. Very good. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, uh, join us on uh, Sunday to see what else uh, he comes up with, because since he's just divulged uh, that he hasn't prepared for it. <laughs> it's early yet. <laughs> it is early. It is a little early. Uh, we do pre-record these, so yeah. uh, so you have time. But yeah, eight, um, eight and ten, you can see what comes out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, uh, and you, you, you're, you're open to, to, to feedback uh, uh, after after service as I well. I love it. So, yeah. Sometimes um, the feedback after the 8 o'clock service dramatically alters the 10 o'clock sermon. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I, I can believe that. Believe Especially that. if I say something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that did not work for me. I'm like, okay, scratch that. <laughs> yep. Totally missed the point, so I better not say it that way again. <laughs> what good are making mistakes if you don't learn from them? Exactly. Yeah. So Love yeah. feedback. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. Well, then this is this concludes your podcast for August 11th, 2019. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. And like I said, uh, uh, join us at 8 and 10 on Sunday. Uh, we look forward to uh, uh, talking more with you about uh, the, the lectionary readings, talking to you about things that have nothing to do with the lectionary yeah. readings. Uh, m- maybe uh, talking to you about incarnation. Uh, yes, uh, I'm ready for that now. <laughs> So uh, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.